Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 2. In your Bible, we're going to continue our series on greater than gifts, on the gifts that the, the wise men gave to, um, to Jesus. Uh, Christmas is coming, fast and furious. Anybody feel it? Anybody feel the rush? Like, anybody's like, whoa, whoa, what is happening? Like, I mean, it is, it's like a tidal wave, right? You can feel it. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, the clock is just, like, I think the, the time's just going like this right now. Like, seriously, it's just absolutely flying. Um, so how's your shopping going? All right, anybody? Um, who's done? Okay, so I would like you to raise your hand so we can all look at you in disgust. All right, disgust and envy. All right, at the same time. Yes, all right. All right. Any, all right, any Christmas crammers? Christmas Eve crammers? You're going to wait till the last minute. Come on, raise your hand. Own it. Own it. All right, we've got a few up there. All right, thank you, Craig. All right, thank you. All right, the Craigs. It must be a Craig thing. All right, I got it. All right. Um, I embrace my... Christmas procrastination. Um, I celebrate. I celebrate uh, procrastmas. Anybody know that's a thing? Procrastmas. Um, it's actually a thing. If you Google it, according to the Urban Dictionary, it says this: It's a winter holiday falling somewhere between Christmas and New Year's Day, during which procrastinators give gifts that were purchased late, often at a significant discount. See, it's smart. You wait till after Christmas, deals are done, and you give. Ah, I missed you. Last, I didn't see you before Christmas. I got your gift now, right? Procrastmas. It's a thing. Check it out. I'm telling you, you want to get on board. Um, you know, it's just, listen, I could either fight crowds for weeks on end or I'll just get it over in one day. I like all my Christmas irritations, just, just one day, right? That's it. Just going to make it a miserable day. And then, but after that, it's all good. You know, I do as much as I can on Amazon, but the rest, hey, whatever. Somebody's got to fight over a parking spot. You know, you got to do at least once a year. I mean, we don't have any Christmas spirit if you don't fight over a parking spot and shake your fist at somebody, right, and cut them off and like, listen, Nico, I'm going to drive slow now behind me. Yeah, check it out. How you like me now, right? Like, that's what you got to do at Christmas time. That's Christmas spirit. You know, Christmas engages all our senses, you know, all the senses. I mean, you just feel Christmas all over. You know, you, you hear Christmas music, right? They start playing at the mall, I think, in October. Right, but you start hearing the radio stations that play. All right, anybody sick of Christmas music yet? Nobody. A couple people already. A couple already. You know, um, there's one song I can't stand, and Nikki knows what that is. Um, uh, it just has. But other than that, um, but we hear music and we start to feel it. You know, you, you, maybe you got like really good. I don't know what your Christmas music is. I don't know how many of you, you got like a really good Christmas album. I grew up listening to Larnell Harris Christmas. That was. That was my family's thing. It was like, people are like, I, no, half of you don't even know who that is, and that's okay, but you're missing out. He's pretty impressive. Um, but like, you know, my wife's into like Mariah Carey Christmas, and I'm like, oh, goodness, you know? Like, and then she's got like Bluegrass Christmas, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know about that, you know? Like, I don't know if it's James Taylor Christmas. Anybody like the James Taylor Christmas albums? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, Michael Bublé, right, Christmas, that's got some, you know, it's got some swing to it. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, we've got the Christmas playlist going. So Christmas music gets you in, gets you in the mood. Um, where's John? I think you like the Twisted Sister one, right? That was yours, Twisted? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but you see the lights, you drive around at night, right, and you see the lights, and so it's like all of a sudden, so you got the sound, but then you, you, you see the lights. Anybody got lights up at your house? Anybody intending to, but not yet? All right, still not yet, you know? Like, it's, and now that it's like 20 degrees, you're like, forget it, you know, I'm not doing it. Um, we have, if you don't know, I have inflatable Yoda. 
have an inflatable Yoda with a lightsaber and a Santa hat on. That's great. Our neighbors are like, is that an elf? I'm like, come on. Come on. It's Yoda. How do you not know this? Um, but we see the lights. So, again, all the senses. So we hear the music. We see the lights. We feel the change in the weather. Anybody feeling the, the cool, right? You feel like it, it, something changed, right? Like it was, it was like a little warm for a little while there. Kind of like not so bad. Now it's cold, right? It, it, it hit. And uh, they're talking about snow this week sometime and maybe next weekend. So we feel the change in the weather. We taste the difference. So, again, all the senses, you taste the difference, right? You got holiday food. Anybody cookies? Anybody? Like already you got the cookies going. You know, you got, you got all sorts of Christmas foods and meals and you're starting to prepare and yeah anybody had too many parties already like you've had you just partied out like too many christmas parties right so you're tasting all the food maybe your your stomach's recognizing that christmas is here we even smell it right we smell christmas you know for me christmas smells like mozzarella sticks and uh pigs in a blanket all right that's 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 because in my family again growing up for however many years christmas eve we would do a meal of just hors d'oeuvres all the things that you had in like bite-sized pieces all year, you finally get to eat that. Like that's just your meal. Like so, we would do mozzarella sticks and, and pigs in a blanket and uh, egg rolls, and it was just like a meal of hors d'oeuvres. If you haven't done it, it's a great idea. You should try it. So when I smell mozzarella sticks and pigs in a blanket, I'm like Christmas Eve, right? So I think of that. I think of sitting in our dining room table over in Lawrence, right? I think of uh, you know usually my mom would make it look all nice in candlelight, which was funny with sparkling cider, which is ironic, you know, we're having appetizers, mozzarella sticks and sparkling cider. It goes great together. Um, you know, the stockings would be up. My dad would read us the best Christmas pageant ever. Um, if you haven't read that story, it's absolutely ridiculous, and your kids definitely need to hear it. Um, you would need to hear it. It's it's the best Christmas pageant ever. Um, my dream is to one day do it as a play here at Life Tree. It would be incredible. Um, and then that night we all get our gifts. You know, you get one gift Christmas Eve for us, PJs. Every year, PJs. We've carried that tradition on in our family. We get one gift. Oh, PJs again. Yep, you know it. You got it. So that when you get up for Christmas morning, everybody's in new PJs. Um, and that's what I think all because of mozzarella sticks and, you know, uh, little hot dogs. And I smell that. I, I, I think of Christmas. So let me ask you, when, when, when you think of Christmas, what do you smell? You smell, what do you smell? Garlic. All right, garlic. All right. You, <laughs> you, you know what's cooking in Mike's house. All right, garlic. Anybody, uh, anybody else? Cinnamon. All right, cinnamon's a good one. Clove, cinnamon, you got that strong. All right, sell so like potpourri, right? All right, anybody else? Anybody? Pine, there you go. Pine trees, you got evergreens. How about candy canes, right? Like that minty candy cane. Um, anybody eggnog? You know, you think, do you think eggnog? Anybody like eggnog? All right, all right. We did the, we did the eggnog, the cookie. Ethan wanted to try the cookie eggnog. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Don't do it. Um, but it's, in, it's, it's, you know, actually, you, there are certain smells that take you to certain places, right? You smell it. It's like instantly you think of, of that. You know, I think of, you know, when I, when I smell certain things, I think of my grandmother's house or I think of these different places. Smells, it's in, it smells one of those things that we actually overlook, but it's one of those senses that it's really, really powerful because you can smell something and in a moment be transferred to, you know, 20 years ago. And you remember that smell and where you were, right? You, you smell a fragrance and you, you think of a person. You think of, oh, that was, you know, I smell something. It's like, that was my first grade teacher, Miss O'Hare. She, you know, she smelled like that, right? You remember these things and they take you back, like things you haven't thought about in 20, 30 years, you know, for your kids. Like at least, you know, 15 minutes ago, you think of those smells. 
Um, some of you will actually either give or receive smells for Christmas. Right? We're going to give candles. You're going to give perfume or cologne, right, or air freshener. You're going to give things that have smell. We bowled last night. We're in a bowling league. My wife is a great. We have, and the, the lady we were bowling against, she has a scented bowling ball. My lion, Brian, is that, it's a scented bowling ball. It was like, are you, what? Do you, like, I don't know. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Um, just, I don't get it. Whatever. So, but they were very nice people. Um, so we're continuing our series in the gifts from the, 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 that the wise men gave to Jesus. And it's interesting because this next gift they gave to Jesus was actually a smell. They gave him something smelly, okay? Again, the background here of the wise men were the magi. Um, that was the name given to teachers, priests, physici- uh, physicians, astrologers, interpreters of dreams, fortune tellers, things like that. Many of them were Gentiles, okay, which means they weren't Jewish. Um, they were most likely from Arabia, in Arabia. Again, gold was mined there. And uh, frankincense and myrrh, the three gifts, are harvested from trees that are only grown in southern Arabia. So they were usually leading figures in their communities and very wealthy, um, not like your common magician. These were like elevated, like, like high people, and they, were, um, uh, they probably didn't fully understand Jesus' divine nature. We talked about this a little bit last week, just kind of recap, and they, they probably didn't understand fully who Jesus was, like all this kind of stuff. They were just astrologers, fortune tellers, reading the stars, kind of, uh, kind of you know, philosophers and, and wise, and they were thinking all this stuff. And I don't know that they fully knew what was going on with Jesus, but they knew that something big was going to happen. They knew something big was going on. And they recognized this. And they go, we got to, there's a, that's an unusual light in the sky. Like, that means something. They recognized it to interpret it throughout their studies of history. This is probably the king of the Jews, whatever that means. And so we should go and, and worship and give him gifts. And so they brought the best they had to give. But in doing so, I think God uses their story to reveal something about Jesus. So we're going to read that real quick. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, beyond the screen, says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king, the leader of the people of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod, who is supposed to be the king of the Jews, right? But he's not Jewish. He's just put there by, by the government, was deeply disturbed. He's like, some king? We saw, and he said, um, as was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah? Again, interesting that he, he knew exactly what they were talking about. He know they're not talking about just like a physical king. They're talking about like the promised one, this one they've been waiting for for a long time. You're telling me he's born? Like, whoa, this was like Herod understood. He said, when, where is he supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. And we all know Herod had no intention of doing this. Right? His goal was he was going to go squish Jesus. Right? This little baby, all right, listen, he's a threat. I'm going to, I'm going to neutralize the threat. Right? That's what he's trying to do. Okay, but after the interview, the wise men go on their way. The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
Now think about this. The star guides them to this city. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place, over the exact house, the home that this child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house. I just want to point out, it says house here. I've been doing some research into the Christmas story. There's some really interesting things. We may not understand it like we do. They were in a house. Okay, It wasn't exactly like a barn. We can talk more about it, but to give you a quick one, houses back then had their animals would come in at night because of thieves and the cold. So they actually had like a space in their house. It was like a big common room and a section cordoned off for the animals. Okay, So they would have this, this area for animals in the house. Then they would have their kind of common area, and then they would have like a bedroom, Okay, which could be also serve as a guest quarters. So the word used for inn is actually a word used for home, house, things like that. It wasn't like a, like a go, you know, a Motel 6. It was something else. It says, so when there was no room for them at the inn, it actually means there was no room for them in the guest room. So they actually stayed in the area near where the animals were. But they were in a house. Like, they had family there. They wouldn't have been left out. It wasn't like you, you see, like, oh, there's no room for you, and they're in some random barn, like, pregnant lady. Like, the Jewish people aren't, like, you know, they're not cruel. Like, they, this was, their, this was jo- Joseph's home. Right? So they would have welcomed them in. They're probably in a home, but just with animals around. And in the manger is where the, the animals would have eaten out. So it's a really interesting, we may not understand that story exactly right. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. That was just for free. It's not in my notes. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So I'm going to have to fly. Last week, gold was for a king. Okay? Gold was for a king. Jesus is the greatest king the world will ever know. So the next gift they give him is frankincense. Okay, so gold, king, sounds good. Frankincense. I saw this on Twitter. Somebody said this. I bet the other two wise men were like, listen, the gold's from all of us. Right? Like, like I bring you gold. I got a candle. Right? Like, you got, like, no, but the gold's from all of us. I mean, Frankincense, if you don't know what that is, um, it's resin, like smelly sap, basically. Um, it comes from a tree. It's flammable. It's burned for fragrance. Um, it, it comes from the word franc, like French, you know, like francs, like money. Uh, so like rich and incense. So it's rich incense. It was like a expensive, like expensive, like thing they would burn. That was it. That's where the word comes from. Um, so in order to understand what I'm about to read next, uh, I need to describe the temple to you. There were several rooms uh, in the temple. There would be here, and i got a picture for you, I think, up here about the temple, maybe. Several rooms. Here we go. So this is kind of like how the temple. So the temple would be this big box thing here. Okay, you'd enter through this door, and then this would be, um, so this would be a wall here, and then this would be another wall. So this big on outer courtyard, everybody could come in here, and they'd kind of walk through here. Um, there'd be an altar here. There'd be another, uh, like kind of a wash basin there. And so you'd come in, you'd, you'd do your sacrifices, your confession right there, you'd, you'd talk to priests, get your um, get forgiven, all that kind of stuff. You'd go in. Now, in here, this was the, the holy place. You couldn't just walk in here. And not everybody was allowed in here. This was allowed. Certain people could come in here. And it depends on what you did. They had all rules, and, and I'm not going to go into all that. But you could come into here, and this was the holy place. And this is where God, you know, this, is, this was like... So imagine like, like this out here, that's like the foyer. Okay, so you got like the foyer. Right? But then when you come in here, this is like coming into the sanctuary. Like this is where, so now you're here, like when you walk through those doors, it's like, okay, 
this room, this building kind of helps a little bit. Senior center, uh, the school, you kind of walk in, you know, there's like kids' tables here. This is kind of designed a little bit with, with theology in mind. Just so you know, this building. We didn't design it, but it's designed with theology in mind. Right? There's a state, there's this sense of holiness and sacredness about the space. Um, so you walk in, and then right here would be an altar of incense, and it would be burning. And this is what frankincense would be burned on. There'd be this smell. So as you got closer, and this red thing here, this was a curtain. And back here, this was the Holy of Holies, is what it was called. Nobody went in there. Nobody. Okay? And this was actually the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant that the people of Israel would have. In that Ark, it was actually literally an Ark, uh, and they would have like a, um, a lid on it. And in there was supposed to be manna from when they had walked through uh, Egypt and and and. and through the desert in Exodus. Um, it should be Moses' staff, right? His stick that actually turned into other things and had, it was a dead stick that budded and grew. The Ten Commandments were in there. Okay, so it was, an, it was this was like, I mean, you've seen Indiana Jones. This is, this is, right? This is the Ark of the Covenant, right? Open this and your face melts off, all right? Be careful, all right? And then on top of this, there were these two uh, angels carved with their wings kind of up like this on each side. So one would be up with his wings like that on this side, and the other would come with his wings like that, and on top was actually called the mercy seat. And it's interesting because it said God's presence would actually come and rest right in between on the mercy seat on top of the ark between the outstretched arms. So it's interesting when you think about raising your hands. Now the ark, there's no longer, like this is the Holy of Holies now. When you raise your hands, God's presence comes here. Just something to think about. Okay. So this was the flow, and this is where the uh, the incense would be. You need to know that when I read this. Um, and you, you need to know that there were priests that worked here, and there's different types of priests. There's different levels of priests. There were, you know, priests that uh, served in different areas, and there was, they had different responsibilities, they did different things, they had different rules. But there was one high priest. And the one high priest, I mean, you want to talk about laws and diet and cleanse, like, it was crazy how many laws these high priests had to follow. Oh, go back for a second. And you can go back to the other picture for a minute. There okay. we go. So the high priest would manage all this and could go in there behind the curtain once a year to make an offering for the people. Could go once a year. Right? And, but when, and they, had, they had like bells on the bottom of their um, garments so that you could hear them walking. And they would actually tie a rope around the leg of the high priest when they would go in there. Because in case the bells stopped and the high priest didn't come out, they knew he did something wrong. And they weren't going to go in there and get him. So they just drag him back out. Like, I'm not making it up. I'm telling you. This, this was no joke. That is, you're walking into God's presence and there are rules about this. And you don't just walk into God's presence. There are times that ark just dropped, somebody went to stabilize it, boom, they're done. God says, listen, I'm a holy God. You don't understand. All right? you, you, you can't just come into my presence. You, you, it's just you didn't have access. We're, 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 we're flawed. So with that in mind, I'm going to read some scripture. It'll be on the screen. Hebrews chapter 5 says this. Every high priest, by these high priests, every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins, and he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses 
That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for theirs. So when the priest comes, he's offering two, two offerings, one for himself and one for everybody else. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. So the high priest would take the offerings of the people, make a mixture of incense, and bring it to the edge of where God was. Okay, just to the edge, remember, just before the Holy of Holies, but right there. And he'd make this, and that would make it pleasing to God. God would smell it and recognize that there's something here. And once a year, could he go in and God would accept it. So with that in mind, frankincense first mentioned in the Bible in Exodus. I go almost all the way back to, to the beginning. Exodus chapter 30, God was giving the Israelites instructions on how this is supposed to work, the, you know, the rules. And he says this, make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. Make it 18 inches square and 36 inches high. God cares about the details. With horns at the corners carved from the same piece of wood as the altar itself. Overlay the top sides and horns of the altar with pure gold and run gold molding around the entire altar. Make two gold rings and attach them on opposite sides of the altar below the gold molding to carry to hold the carrying poles. I'm just telling you, there's so much detail. And people are like, why does God care? God cares about the details. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can we thank God that he cares about the details? You're no accident. God wasn't like, I eh, just put people together. He knows everything that he's done. There's intentionality with everything. Says, make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Verse 6, place the incense jar, altar, just outside the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant in front of the Ark's cover, the place of atonement that covers the tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, like we described. And this is the verse. Listen, I will meet with you there. Let's skip it down a little bit to verse 34. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, mollusk shell, and galbanum, and mix these Fragrant spices with pure frankincense weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the ark where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as holy, most holy. So frankincense made the offering to God acceptable and pleasing. This was a smell God associated with holiness. Something about frankincense, God said, that reminds me of holiness. And when I smell that, that's acceptable, and I will meet with you there. See, their sin stunk. They stunk as people. I mean, they didn't have showers. I mean, they stunk. But, like, no, they, 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 it was their being that smelled, and God couldn't deal with it. But frankincense overcame the scent of their sin. He says, listen, you are sinful people, and I can't even be in that. You ever be around somebody who's smelly and you're like, oh, dear goodness. You know, you're like trying. Well, I guess the good thing about a beard, you can put like cologne on your mustache and you can smell it once in a while if you want to hide stuff, right? Like, you know that's coming. Sorry, ladies. So it says God overcame the scent of their sin. He allowed people to meet with God through the priest as an inter intermediary. Okay, thank you for the history lesson. That's great. Did you like that? That's nice. So what? So what? That the wise men brought Jesus frankincense. You know what it does? God is revealing that Jesus is our high priest. I don't even know if you knew you needed a high priest. Or you had one. But guess what? You do. You have a high priest. His name is Jesus. And Hebrews tells us that he is the kind of high priest we need. Because he is holy and blameless. Unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. See, Jesus has always smelled good. 
His life has always smelled good to God. And it tells us again in Hebrews 9, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made by human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear before God on our behalf. See, our high priest didn't play around with temples. He didn't like walk into Holy of Holies. and you know, He said, listen, forget that. That's a copy. I'm going right to the real thing. I'm going to walk into heaven, into God's presence on your behalf. See, we can't walk into God's presence. We smell. He smells us. God smells us all the time. We're human. We have laws. But the high priest represents the people, and he brings our offerings to God. He made an offering to God for you and me. Think about this. He walks in. Says, okay, I'm bringing the people with me. Frankincense was given to Jesus in preparation for what he was going to do. And there's one more thing that separates Jesus from every other religious leader in history. Hebrews 4 says this This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And this is the highlight of the message for me. Okay, Jesus, our high priest, he understands our weaknesses. I'll say it like this. Nobody knows you better than Jesus. Nobody understands you better than Jesus. You may fool others. You can, you know, maybe able to put on a good show. You may put on some cologne and be like, yeah, I'm good. Like, you cover yourself. You know, you know why we put cologne on, right? Because, or, or perfume wear? Because we want to hide how we smell, right? You're like, I want people to think I smell good, right? Deodorant. Like, there's a whole industry of fragrance, right? Where's John, right? There's a whole industry of fragrance. Come on, man. John works with this stuff. We may fool others. But Jesus knows how you really smell. We do things to make our lives seem, smell better to people. But God knows how we really are. He knows my awful moments. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my limitations. There are days I'm just simply lousy at following Jesus. I go my own way. I ignore him. I get so busy with my own life that I forget to even pray. I shut him out. Days I smell like a thousand hoagies. Okay, there are days I smell bad. And Jesus is the high priest who knows all that. He knows everything about me. And he still presents me to God like a fragrant offering. Okay, here we go. Ready? What did you learn at church today? I learned this. You stink. But Jesus makes you smell good to God. Boil it down. That's it. He is the perfect person to present us perfectly to God because he's felt what you felt. He fought what you fight. He's been tested like we're being tested. And guess what? He passed. He passed the test. Anybody can tell you what they think. They can give you advice on what to do and how to go in your life. But guess what? I'm going to trust the one who's already done it, who walked through it, who's been through the fire on the other side, says, I've been there. I've done that. I got the video. I got the t-shirt. I'm there. I sent the postcard back. And let me tell you, if you're sad, he knows grief. If you're lonely, he knows abandonment. If you're angry, he knows frustration. If you're stressed, he knows pressure. Are you hurting? He knows pain. Are you struggling with temptation? The devil attacked him for 40 days. There is nothing you have been through that he has not experienced. He understands all your weaknesses. He knows why you smell like you smell. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's up with you. And he goes to bat for you. He's the greatest advocate we will ever have. He is our high priest. And he goes right into God's presence. He doesn't go through a temple. He goes straight into God's presence on your behalf. Frankincense always accompanied the offering. This child would become the one person that could present you and I before God and declare, I know this person. I know what it takes for them. 
I see what it costs them. I know how hard this is, and I present them to you, fully acceptable, a fragrant offering. Jesus is the frankincense. He is the smell. He is what makes you acceptable to God. You have access to God because Jesus, you can't go into that Holy of Holies without the incense. Jesus says, I am that for you. I will be a fragrant offering for you. So what? So what? Here's the question for the day. As I'm trying to wrap this up. Nikki, you can come on up and play. Where are you living? Are you in the outer courts? Are you in the inner courts? Or are you in the Holy of Holies? Where do you live? Let me read that verse again. So then, since we have a great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced the same testings we did, yet he did not sin. And here's the verse. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Walk right into his presence. Because there we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Can I tell you, Jesus is your access. Take his hand and walk into God's presence. We have no business being there. Because we smell. The stuff of our life makes us smell. Can I tell you, you smell better than you think? Because Jesus is better than you know. The one who understands every single weakness you have extends his hand and says, walk with me. And I will bring you into the Holy of Holies. I will bring you before the throne of the one who gives you mercy and grace. Before the throne of the king. And this king, the all-powerful king we learned last week, the powerful king, the greatest king the world will ever know, will give you mercy and grace. And you know when he gives it? When you need it most. When's the best time to come to God? When you're smelly and at your worst. That's the best time to come to God. When you smell awful, let me ask you, where are you living today? Are you where you want to be? Maybe you keep trying to be good enough and you can't get there. You you keep trying to clean yourself and be like, man, I want to be good for God. I want to smell good for God. Today, I release you from the pressure to perform. You can't wash yourself enough. You know, some of those with teenagers, they can't take enough showers, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much body wash you put on, guys. I'm sorry. It's just part of being a teenager. All the perfume in the world can't hide the stink of our sin. God knows our weakness and he's the perfect high priest. And he understands you better than anyone ever has or ever will. And he saturates you with his holy presence. Let me tell you, if you guys don't know Mike up here, this is Mike Girolanza. Mike smells good all the time. And when I hug Mike, I smell good. That's a, that's a, seriously, it's like a $5 hug. It's like, I get like, you know, like you get the spray on. Like, it's like, listen, that's all. I just hug Mike, it's like five bucks worth. You can tell when I've hugged Mike. Because I smell good. I smell like him. Same thing. When you're near Jesus, you know what happens? You start to smell like him. 
It's not because of anything I did. It's because of who he is. And when he hugs me, oh man, he changes the way I am. He changes the way God receives me. And he gives me access into God's presence. Why would they give him frankincense? It's just because it was a symbol that Jesus was not just going to be the king, but he was going to give you access to God. Because of what he does for you. And let me t- if today you feel like you're on the outside, just looking in, you're in the outer courts and you don't know how to get in there. You want to know God better and you don't know how. God is ready and waiting to take you deeper. In a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity to take God's hand and to say, God, I know there's more. Would you just take me deeper? I'm going to give you a chance to invite Jesus to bring you to God, to rooms you've never been in before. There are rooms. See, we think of it as just not, guess what? It's not just here. There's a room back there. And then once you get back there, there's another room back there. And once you get back there, there's another room back there. And it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. There are rooms you, we could search for a lifetime. We will never explore the depths of God. There are no ends to the rooms of God. You could never see all of them. First Timothy tells us, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven. By the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Ready? Verse 16. Let's read this. Is it up there? First Timothy, verse 16. It says, He alone. Verse, go to the next one, please. He alone can never die. Listen. And He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. We can't go in. No human eye has ever seen Him, nor will ever, nor ever will. All honor and power to Him forever. Let me tell you, God is so great that these eyes can't perceive all of him. In our human state, we could never go deep enough, but he can take you deeper than you are today. There is more. If we will allow Jesus to lead us, something impossible happens. If you will take God's hand today, in just a few moments when I pray, something impossible is going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Weak you will meet perfect and strong God. Because his mercy is greater than your weakness. His grace is greater than your failures. His fragrance is better than your stink. It's hard to say with a straight face. And God promises this. If you come to me, guess what? And there's fragrance there. Guess what he says? It's the, I will meet with you there. If you come to me and you bring that fragrance, oh, I will meet with you there. Jesus is the greatest king the world will ever know. And he's the perfect high priest. Nobody knows you better. And nobody makes you smell better. Let's take a moment and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for giving us a great high priest. One who leads us to you. Who brings us through that curtain right to you. Who makes us acceptable in your presence. And as we're praying, if you're here today and you've never had a personal relationship with God and you want to, would you simply just raise your hand as a way of saying, Jesus, I want to know you like that. My sin emanates from every pore of my being. I know this. But I know you can change me from the inside out. Please come and do your cleansing work in me. You have never prayed that before and you would like to ask God to do that today. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. anyone else and if perhaps you are here today 
and you have a relationship with God, but have allowed other things to corrupt and contaminate your spirit, would you raise your hand as a way of saying, Jesus, I need you to renew me again. Wash me today. Restore me. Make the scent of my life pleasing to you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, God, I need you to, to clean me again today. God, you see our hearts. You see our hands. You see our response today. God, we come to you and we take your hand. God, and Jesus, would you just lead us into deeper and deeper relationship with you. Meet us here today, Lord. I, Lord, I'm so grateful knowing that when we respond, you promise I will meet with you there. So in this moment, would you meet with us now? Thank you for knowing us completely and loving us anyway. For doing in us what only you can do. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.